In this episode of Balancing the Christian Life, we examine the first part of spiritual maturity, knowing the right things. And I'll ask you five questions to help you along that road. Welcome to Balancing the Christian Life. I'm Kenny Embry. We'll figure out how to be better Christians and better people. Let's go. So you've had a hard day and you're finally going home. You've been working on a frustrating problem and your solution didn't work. And it didn't work in a big public way. For whatever reason, you're having to take the bus home. And your bus is late. It's summer. It's reaching record highs. The people you're waiting with have all taken the shaded spots. And nobody at the bus stop seems like they're in a very good mood. Which is fine with you because you aren't in a great mood either. You're burning up inside and outside waiting for somebody to do their job. Your bus finally comes almost 20 minutes late and you see that there are only a few spots left and none of them are in a seat. You stand next to this guy and his four kids. This guy is looking out the window like he's in a trance. Meanwhile, his kids, which look like they're between the ages of four and 12, are screaming, fighting, running up and down the aisle. You're already annoyed and this is just the perfect end to a perfect day. So at this point, what facts do you know? Well, you've had a rotten day. The bus was late. And here's a guy who is a really bad parent. I mean, no good parent lets their kids do what this guy's letting his kids do. Those are all facts. You've got the evidence. So you tap the guy on the shoulder and say, hey, buddy, look, we've all had a hard day. You really need to get your kids under control. Good line, right? You didn't insult him. You just asked for something that's very reasonable. And his kids were providing more than enough evidence that something needed to be done. Shaken from his trance, he looks up at you. You look at his eyes and you think, come on, guy, pull it together. We need you to be the grown-up here. Get your kids under control. I'm sorry, he says. We're coming home from the hospital. My wife died about 30 minutes ago. What changed? Well, I'm guessing you feel a little more like a heel now. I'm guessing you're much more sympathetic to what he's going through. You may even try to help him get his kids calmed down. But let me ask you again. What changed? Was it the facts? Well, yes and no. The facts you had were correct. You had a terrible day. This guy wasn't controlling his kids. And it was his job to get them under control. But when you got more facts you got a better understanding. He and his children were going through a traumatic event. This wasn't routine. He needed help. And your relationship changed. You changed from being a critic and judge to a helper and facilitator. What you knew changed what you thought, your attitude, and your actions. In episode two, I introduced you to the seven parts of spiritual maturity. The first one is knowing the right things. The thought experiment we just went through is something I read from Stephen Covey in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. But did you see how having more facts in this scenario changed your mind in an instant? I know it's not fair, but when I think of facts, I think of this one professor I had as an undergraduate who kept droning on and on about all these statistical procedures. The more he talked, the more I knew I didn't understand. I knew that what he knew was not anything that I would ever figure out. Facts have a really bad reputation for boredom. However, when I was thinking about what it means to grow up as a Christian, I couldn't get away from the importance of knowing some things. You simply have to have the right knowledge about some things to be effective. There's an old management maxim that says, you manage what you measure. I believe it. 
Let me ask you, how many steps did you take yesterday? Well, 20 years ago, you probably wouldn't have been able to tell me. However, Fitbit and then smartphone technology changed that. Look at your phone. Look at how many steps you took yesterday, and the day before that, and the day before that. Your phone is a treasure trove of information. Your phone will also tell you where you went yesterday, and how long you were there, and what apps you used, and what social media you used, and how long you played a game. In other words, your phone often gives you a window in how you're using your life. Thanks to technology, we now have a better ability to understand our routines and habits than we ever have before. Further, if you have a question about almost any topic, your phone and the internet can make short work of finding an answer. We have more access to more facts than any generation before us. If you're interested in getting more physically fit, my guess is you probably pay a lot of attention to how many steps you took yesterday. You may even take the stairs so you can get more steps in. In other words, when you're trying to manage your physical fitness, you start measuring your activity. Let me say that once again. We manage what we measure. Part of my argument about spiritual maturity is that if you aren't measuring the things that it takes to become more spiritually mature, you probably aren't maturing that much. For a fourth time, you manage what you measure. Put another way, people who try to lose weight often lose weight. The people who try to save money often save money. The people who try to spend more time with their family often spend more time with their family. That's not always true, but it's also hardly ever true that people who don't try to lose weight lose weight. Intentional focus with purposeful action often ends up in measurable results. And I believe that most measurable results are represented by numbers. I think the three numbers most Christians know about their Christianity are, number one, how long they've been a Christian, number two, how much money they put in the contribution, and number three, how often they attend church within the last year. I think those are good numbers to know, but I don't know that those numbers translate exactly into being spiritually mature. I do, however, believe maturing Christians need to have some constantly growing body of knowledge. In Hebrews, the fifth chapter, the writer tells the audience they should know more than they do. In verse 12, it says exactly this, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. That's always been a sobering passage to me. I don't like to speak in generalities about our culture, but one of the things I do know is we have often vilified shame and embarrassment. But this is a passage that should make us feel both ashamed and embarrassed. The writer is saying, I want you to be better and do better. The New Testament is filled with advice on how to get more knowledge. We could turn to half a dozen passages where Paul tells the early disciples to go learn more. But how do you do that? Charlie Jones was a gifted motivational guru who started his career selling insurance. In a couple of years, at age 23, he received his agency's Most Valuable Associate Award. He took that success and eventually turned that into a book, which sold 2 million copies, and then became a keynote speaker. Probably one of his most quoted lines is, You will be the same person in five years as you are today, except for the people you meet and the books that you read. I think he's on to something. I love to read. I love books. And I come by that honestly. My dad in his mid-70s is still a voracious reader. And he and I will often uh, trade book lists. One of my brothers-in-law uh, loves to exchange reading lists with me as well. And then there are the members of my family who think we're the weirdos. Learning doesn't have to come from a page of text or a wall of words. To learn, 
really all you need is the humility to admit you don't know something and the curiosity to start looking for answers. If you don't like books, start meeting people. And when I say meet people, don't limit yourself to face-to-face conversations. I think podcasting is a fabulous place to get started. Obviously, I'm going to suggest you stick with me, but I think there are thousands of voices worth listening to. Chris Emerson's Excel Still More podcast is a great place to meet someone. Or Tim Mackey and John Collins of The Bible Project. These are great guys doing some thought-provoking work. As a matter of fact, I've put some influential podcasts on my website, balancingthechristianlife.com, and you can check out some of those. But don't limit yourself to just spiritual thinkers. If Christianity is true, and I think it is, It should bear scrutiny. Listen to people who criticize Christianity, people who are unconvinced, people who have doubts. Jordan Peterson said in his book, 12 Rules for Life, to treat everyone as if you have something to learn from them. And he's right. You do. I love podcasting because it fills those unfilled times with thoughts worth thinking and people worth meeting. Times like when you're running errands or unloading the dishwasher. But you can do the same thing over coffee or on social media. Ask good questions that matter and then listen to the answers. In good communication, a real conversation is when you listen and when you give constructive feedback. When you can learn something from someone else, let them know. Thank them. Or if you disagree or if you're confused, say so kindly. Ask why they believe a certain way. Stephen Covey, who I started off with, said, In any relationship, seek first to understand someone else, then make sure they understand you. The order here is important. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. Relationships are created, maintained, and nurtured in real conversations. Those conversations can be in person, in a podcast, on YouTube, in a book, or anywhere people can talk and listen. Again, maturing Christians are constantly and consistently adding to their knowledge. And this is the place where I can hear people talking about the cesspool social media has become, or what a waste of time most conversations are. I'm not going to disagree. I think many people like to feel outraged, so they go looking for outrageous stories. Or they think snarky is funny, so they look for snark. I think many people want to feel good about themselves. And an easy way to do that is to find what's bad about somebody else. And it's there. There are plenty of people doing stupid or silly or dumb things. And by the way, count me in those. I do my fair share of stupid stuff. But remember... This first part of spiritual maturity is knowing the right things. Look, just because it's easy to find the wrong things or feed the trolls doesn't mean it's not just as easy to find the right things as well. So what are some of those right things you should be looking for? Well, an easy place to answer that is when Paul tells the Philippians, go look for things that are good and kind and just, things that have a good reputation. When you're looking for the right things, what are you looking for? Are you simply looking for information which supports your conclusion? Emphatically, no. If you only surround yourself with people who agree with everything you believe, you'll end up delusional, or worse, you'll end up stuck. You will get no better or no worse. If you want to become better, surround yourself with people who are better than you are. If you want to be a better Christian, surround yourself with people who are smarter, who do more, who think deeper, who live richer. Look at a life through their lens. What things you're really looking for is how to grow. In general, I think you need to get a good understanding of God, a good understanding of yourself, and a good understanding of the world around you. And I think the key to understanding those things is found in Google. You already know to get the best search results, you've got to learn how to ask the best questions. You have to know what search terms will get you closer to what you want. Said another way, if you want better answers, 
ask better questions. I want to suggest five simple questions you should start asking people whose opinion you value, but I think it will get you a lot closer to knowing the right things. Number one, who is God to you and what is your relationship to him? Number two, what do you think is good? Number three, what do you know for sure? Number four, what one habit has made the most meaningful impact on your life? And number five, what was your best mistake and what did it teach you? Do you see how the answers to those questions can help you be better and do better? Okay, now as if you couldn't see this coming, I want you to target two people and I want you to ask those questions. And can I suggest that one of those people be someone you don't know very well? I'm going to ask these questions on my website and on the Facebook page, Balancing the Christian Life. I'm looking forward to seeing your answers. Thanks for joining me. If you'd like to help support the podcast, give us a good review where you download podcasts and tell others about it. Until next time, be good and do good.